Thank you for joining Bogard Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled Christ the Faithful Servant, a study through the Gospel of Mark. During this study, we will follow the life of Jesus and recognize that true greatness lies in manifesting the spirit of a servant. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Fall 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for October 29, 2023 is entitled, The Servant's Covenants. It comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 34. The key verse, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. The application, The student will comprehend that Jesus responded to every situation with the word of God. Seeking the context. Jesus was down to his last week before the crucifixion. This week, this last week, often called the Passion Week, began with great worship and celebration. Fulfilling Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem riding on a young colt. Mark chapter 11 verses 1 through 11. It was a wonderful, worshipful scene in which the people cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Mark chapter 11 verses 9 and 10. Compare Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26. Likely the crowd was thinking that Jesus had arrived to deliver them from Roman oppression. But Jesus had come to bring a much greater deliverance salvation from sin and the eternal penalty of sin. But this last week was filled with fierce confrontation with the Jewish religious leaders. Jesus was in the heat of battle before he went to the cross to claim victory over death, Satan, and his earthly kingdom. Satan threw his sharpest darts at Jesus in the form of accusative questions from these religious leaders. Satan intended to ruin Jesus' claim to bring salvation to all who believe and blind all minds from the glorious gospel of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But he failed. Each time, Jesus easily countered the accusative questions with the truth and wisdom, often referring to the Old Testament scriptures. We too are in a battle with Satan and his world. Many unbelievers and anti-Christian groups are doing everything they can to discredit the Bible and Christianity. It is our job, as followers of Christ, to stand up and earnestly contend for the faith, Jude 3, and to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. How do we fight this battle? We do so in the same manner as Jesus, with truth and wisdom found in the Bible. Can you describe a time when you had to defend your faith in Jesus? How did you do it? Searching the text. Number one, a question about taxes. Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. And they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to catch him at his words. And when they had were come, they say unto him, Master, 
we know that thou art true, and carest for no man, for thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny, that I may see it. And they brought it, and he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. And Jesus answering, saying unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. The Pharisees and Herodians were hardly allies, but they joined together to question Jesus about taxes, intending to trap him. Verse 13. Their flattery was appalling in verse 14 because they had no respect for Jesus. The Pharisees were pro-Israel and resented all taxes paid to Caesar or Rome. Their disparaging of tax collectors conveyed their opinion. Mark chapter 2 verse 16. The Herodians were political opportunists who supported Rome in hopes of keeping the Herodian family in power. These two groups held opposing views concerning Rome's rule over Israel and paying taxes. It seemed however Jesus answered the question of paying taxes, he would be accused. If he answered that people should pay taxes to Caesar, then the Jews would be greatly displeased and accused Jesus of not being loyal to Israel. This is what the Pharisees wanted. If he answered in the negative, then the Herodians could accuse him before the Roman authorities, Luke chapter 23 and verse 2. Masterfully, Jesus answered both sides in a way that left him blameless and his enemies speechless. He asked for a Roman coin called a denarius, the penny, Mark chapter 12 verse 15. Jesus called attention to Caesar's image and superscription on the coin, indicating that the coin belonged to Rome. It was only valuable because of its backing by the Roman government. Then Jesus spoke his famous words, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Verse 17. On one side, Jesus implied that living in the Roman Empire required a person to obey Roman rule. The word translated render means to pay a debt or pay back. Jesus viewed taxes as a debt owed to government for services provided. Tax money was used to support the Roman army and infrastructure that was supposed to benefit the entire empire. Like in our world today, Rome was not always fair in levying taxes or spending tax money. But Jesus said that this was no reason to break Roman law by not paying taxes. As much as I bemoan paying taxes, tax money is used to support schools, fire and police protection, national defense, upkeep of uh, buildings and roads, special programs for the poor and underprivileged and disabled. We might not agree with the way our taxes are spent, but we all benefit from the things that government provides. Unlike the Jews of Jesus' day, we have a voice and a vote in our government and can be involved in the political process to promote a better government. But regardless, the plain fact is that God requires us to pay our taxes. Now the other side of Jesus' statement is of greater weight. 
Since we are created in the image of God and bear his image, Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, we belong to him completely. Whereas taxes paid to Rome were only a portion of what someone had, we bear the image of God in our entirety, which means that we belong to God entirely. Our entire lives are to be given in service to God. Even in paying taxes, we are serving him. We are to render to God what we owe him, and that is everything we are and have. What is your view of obedience to God and obedience to government? Number two, a question about the resurrection. Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. And the seven took her, and died, neither left he any seed, and the third likewise. And the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You therefore do greatly err. The next accusative question came from the Sadducees. The Sadducees were a Jewish religious group who only accepted the first five books of the Old Testament. Their interpretation of the law was strictly moral, and they rejected anything supernatural, the resurrection, angels, or spirits, Acts chapter 23 and verse 8. So their question about the woman's marriage in the resurrection was not an honest question, but one meant to prove the absurdity of the resurrection. The Sadducees posed a hypothetical situation in which one woman married seven brothers who all died after their marriage to her. The situation is based upon the Leveret marriage law of Deuteronomy chapter 25 verses 5 and 6, in which a brother is to marry the deceased brother's widow and raise up children in his name. The likelihood of such a situation in which seven brothers die consecutively after marrying the same woman is extremely low. If such occurred, one might look into what the wife was feeding her husbands. Jesus cut straight with the Sadducees, telling them that they were totally wrong. They did not know the scriptures or the power of God. Mark chapter 12 verse 24. Jesus explained that life in the resurrection would be very different from the one we have now. There will be no need for marriage and procreation because 
there will be no death. Everyone will have perfect relationships with everyone else, so there will be no need for special relationships like marriage and family. The biggest problem with the Sadducees is that they thought the only life they had was the one they were currently living. They had no hope of life beyond this life. What a miserable way to live. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19 If all we have is what is in this life, then as Solomon said, it is better to have never been than to live to see the evil works done under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 3 How many people live in this same miserable error today? But Jesus set the Sadducees straight on the resurrection. Referencing Moses' burning bush encounter with God, Jesus quoted Exodus chapter 3 verse 6, in which God spoke in the present tense, I am, of being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These men had been dead for hundreds of years when God spoke to Moses, but God spoke of them as still in existence and still living. To put an exclamation point on his argument, Jesus said, He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Mark chapter 12, verse 27. Hence, Jesus affirmed the reality of the resurrection. How might you prove to someone the reality of the resurrection? Number three, a question about the first commandment. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, thou shalt, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. A scribe asked Jesus the final question, and it concerned the first or greatest commandment in the Old Testament law. He was supposedly an expert in the Old Testament scriptures and according to Matthew's account was testing Jesus' knowledge of the Old Testament and the law. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 35. He was struck by how well Jesus answered his previous antagonizers and it might just be that this man was sincere in his investigation. Jesus also answered him well by quoting the first part of the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 and 5, the principal confession of all Jews, Mark chapter 12 verses 29 and 30. 
Then Jesus quoted a portion of Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, stating it to be second but equally important to the first. Verse 31. Both in word and action, Jesus showed that love is the greatest of all commandments. The commandment to love God and the commandment to love our neighbors are intrinsically connected. For us to love others as we should, we must love God. And for us to show our love for God, we must love others. The Apostle John, in his letter of 1 John, told us much about this relationship. In one place, he questioned how anyone could love God whom he had not seen and hate his brother whom he had seen. John concluded by possibly alluding to Jesus' answer here, And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 21. The great majority of Jews would have agreed with Jesus' first answer about loving God as this scribe did. Mark chapter 12 verses 32 and 33. But there was much disagreement over loving other people. Some would say, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 34. But Jesus said, Love your enemies. Verse 44. Others would ask, Who is my neighbor? Luke chapter 10 verse 29. Jesus answered this question with the parable of the Good Samaritan, showing that we should extend loving kindness, mercy, and helpfulness to any and all. Verses 30 through 37. This scribe showed deep understanding of the truth of God by saying that loving God and loving others is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Mark chapter 12 verse 33. Jesus said he was not far from the kingdom of God, indicating that he was not far from accepting Christ as his Savior. Verse 34. I sure hope he made the final step. It is easy to say we love God and love others, but love is an action. We must show we love God by keeping His commandments. We also show others we love them by keeping the Lord's commandments. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-3 through 3. To say you love God but hate others is a lie. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20 What are some ways that you can show God you love Him and show your neighbors you love them. Setting the application. Life is full of questions, and Jesus has all the answers. These people who confronted Jesus with their questions were not honestly seeking answers. Instead, they were trying to promote their agenda to discredit Jesus and get rid of him. Whether they knew it or not, they were doing the devil's work. They were not seeking the truth, they were defending their way of life even though it was contrary to the Word of God. There are still people like them in our world. They do not like the Christian faith because it speaks against their way of life. They do not want God to tell them what to do and how to live, so they attack Christians and Christianity. But once in a while, some of these people, when they come face to face with the truth of God's Word, realize that it is the truth. They are not far from the kingdom of God, like the scribe of Mark chapter 12, verses 32 through 34. 
This is one reason why, amidst the accusatory questions and the defamation of Christianity, we must stand up and earnestly contend for the faith. Jude 3. If you had the opportunity, what question would you ask Jesus? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue learning from Christ the Faithful Servant. Bogard Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.